And welcome back to Sports with the Z. I'm the Z, Zach Naidu, your host, as always. Uh, and I'm really excited to be back at our uh, regularly scheduled time, 5 p.m. Pacific on uh, on Sundays. Just uh, hope we uh, give you all something uh, nice to wrap up your your football football binge with. With, with maybe today would be basketball, other days it'd be football. I'll get some baseball hockey in, but uh, yeah, just just excited to get back to this regularly scheduled programming. And it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks. My last episode was with uh, Will Matheson, um, who was so kind to, to come on the show. My first professional athlete, Colin's first professional athlete, who doesn't have a show. Andrew Bogut is obviously on here. Um, but yeah, just a lot of stuff uh, going on in my life. Actually, just changed jobs. I'm I'm starting at Colin tomorrow. So I thought, uh, why not just get back on top of this and and really hit it hard and, and do this the right way? Uh, and why not talk about the most annoying fan base in all of basketball, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, as you all know, I, t- I typically like to have a guest on, uh, a knowledgeable guest. Um, but I, I want to see – oh, there's Chase. Why don't I go ahead and, uh, and, and let Chase be a caller? Hey, Chase, how you doing? I I was going to hold my tongue, but that, that first sentence was I just had a problem with the most annoying fan base in, in basketball. Or did you say uh, – Oh, I said basketball. I said I said basketball. Um, Chase, would you like me to invite you? You know, I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot. Would you like to uh, uh, be a speaker this episode? I, I I always appreciate some help. I also don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, do, do you want to hop up here? Yeah. No. Um. I'm. <laughs> I can join for a little bit. So let let's do it, and then I'll listen on for the rest of it. So um, there we go. All right. The the invite has been sent. And this is why we all love Colin. I came in here thinking, you know, my other friend, obviously listening right now, I was just on the phone with him, Chase, before this, he was calling me to catch up. I was like, I'm actually about to go live. And he's like, you know what, I'll just pop over and listen. And, uh, you know, that's the beauty of this app, the beauty of this platform. And uh, so, so Chase, I'll, I'll treat you as my de facto guest. You, you are a Laker, you are a <laughs> Lakers fan. You're, you're from Southern California. Uh, I have a really kind of an outline of, of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, what about this, you know, the, the, the golden team of the NBA. Uh, and I, you know, I would just want to start with, you know, the off season, obviously some big, some big things going on there. Just recap. Uh, and then I, you know, I got a few storylines here, AD and LeBron's health, this Russell Westbrook, uh, the fit, you know, now that we're into the season, they're off to a little Rocky and to start and, and a few other things. Um, how does that sound, Chase? Is there anything you wanted to, but besides defending the honor of the most annoying fan base in the NBA, is there anything else you, you think uh, we should add to the agenda? Uh, it would be too long of a list. It's this the agenda is is I, I would I would add minutes rotation and I would add Russell. I would add playoffs versus regular season because okay. I think those are going to be the the keys to this season and um, how I think LeBron is is managing this team and how I think he wants this season to look because. As much of as much faith as I've I've had in LeBron and and being a LeBron hater, I was I had faith in him to tear my heart out. And being a Lakers lover and having him on the team, like I have grown to trust the man. But this season, my trust is starting to falter. So um, all that, but I, I think your outline is great and excited to get. 
Perfect. Perfect. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I just added that. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. You know, I, I tried to shoot for, you know, max 45 minutes. I want people to be able to digest this, listen to this at another time. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but let's, let's jump in just, uh, you know, just pure, pure transactional aspect. Uh, the, the big thing that happened in the Lakers offseason was the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, back in July, the Wizards uh, traded Westbrook to the Lakers and the Lakers gave up their 2024 second round pick. 2028 second round pick uh contavious caldwell pope kyle kuzma montrez harrell and the number 22 overall pick from this past draft uh so that was the big storyline but i think the the developing storyline or what was happening before that was actually i think they were trying to get or i know they were in talks to get buddy healed actually from the sacramento kings for kyle kuzma and montrez harrell i have very strong thoughts about this and i just want to start here um that deal, that or or here that deal was yeah. done and, and i think it yeah. did not it did not include any draft assets which is a big yeah. portion of this and i don't think it include contavious caldwell pope if i'm correct um correct that if the report yeah. if the reporting holds true which uh, it's it's looking worse and worse um by the game basically not not doing that deal uh, i don't know i know you had some strong thoughts but um Ultimately, Buddy Heald is just a, such a seamless fit alongside AD and LeBron. Um, but this decision was made by LeBron James. Firmly believe that. And uh, Lay le, le GM. Le yeah, Lay GM uh. made this call. Um, and if Lay GM feels like he needs some rest and, and not to have to hold the weight of the offensive load on his shoulders for 82 games... I mean, I have to defer to him. It's it's not worth pissing LeBron off. It would be such a great basketball fit, but ultimately you have to trust the only guy that can bring home a championship, and that's LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron is not good at this. Okay, so look, okay, we're we're starting with the LeBron hate pretty early. You know, I, I, I don't mind it, so I'll just jump into this. LeBron is not Tom Brady. LeBron is not good at constructing his own rosters. He he's brilliant. He's brilliant on the court. He elevates the play of everybody around him. If it's the right player, LeBron James needs to be surrounded by shooters. And we've known this. We've known this since 2007. That was the first full season. I watched LeBron. He made Daniel Gibson look like a guy worthy of like 20 million a year. Booby Gibson when that he brought that crappy Cavs team to, to the finals. And Daniel Gibson was shooting lights out against the Pistons when, you know, in the, the, the Cavs beat them in six games because LeBron is just a vacuum, defensive vacuum. Uh, when he, he draws, he sucks the defense in and, and people are just open on the perimeter. And you have to have people, you know, the Mavericks are saying it's Luka Doncic when you have someone that ball dominant who can drive, get any shot he wants. Uh, you have to have people that can knock down shots. And that's why, like, the successful LeBron James teams have had shooters. Those Miami squads, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Dwayne Wade was lethal and Chris Bosch, but, you know, they had Mike Miller, Shane Battier, Ray Allen, uh, even Mario Chalmers and uh, Norris Cole were all guys who could make three-pointers. Um, and so whenever you have a chance to add one of those uh, to LeBron, really, it's LeBron. I, I'd say the Lakers arsenal. I'd say LeBron's arsenal because LeBron's the king on the court. Everything runs through him, no matter what team he's on, no matter like what stage of the game it is. It revolves around LeBron James. And I would think that I know LeBron is very good friends with Russ and he's like wash king and wants to over, over overcome all this stuff. But objectively, Chase, I, I didn't pull the numbers, but if you look at what would be a better fit 
uh, Buddy Heald, who's a lethal three-point shooter, or Russell Westbrook, who's a ball-dominant, non-shooting point guard who's aging and losing athleticism. I just think that if that's truly what it was, it's a, just such a miscalculation by LeBron. And and I think, it, you know, we're only two games into the season, but I, I saw the two of them in action. Uh, what was it? Uh, like their first preseason game together when the when the Lakers were uh, came to the Chase Center. And it's not... It's not good. It's not good. And and everything takes time. I get that. I don't sometimes I still I think I think I've never matured when it comes to sports because I still overreact to stuff the way I did when like when I was like ten and eleven. But it's <laughs> it's not good, Chase. Russell Westbrook is the wrong type of player to pair with LeBron James. Like Carmelo Anthony at this stage of his career is one of the, like a great player. Carmelo just knocks down shots if you need when LeBron subs out. Melo can ISO on the block. He can Oh, please, please, please. Okay. I don't want to hear. I, no, I I agree with the first part. Mello should should and has kind of knocked down shots, but Mello isolations are like the death of me. Like I want that's been the one. Like if, yeah. if we have any more than one a game, I'm going to like tear my hair out. It's it's just horrible to watch. But sorry, that's sorry to interrupt you. Don't be sorry, Chase. You're, you're a co-host. You, you don't need to be sorry. You are the you are the Lakers expert here, Dave. I'm, I'm very happy because, you know, I thought I was going to have to do this all myself. And I was, you know, I was texting, uh, you know, my, my freshman roommate uh, from college. Uh, his name's Cameron. He's, he's a diehard Lakers fan. I, I sent him my agenda bef- before this pod. I was like, you know, am I covering everything? And I've, I've watched highlights. Um, and, you know, I was not going to lie, a little nervous. I didn't want to upset Lakers fans and cover the wrong thing. And you, you're kind of bailing me out here. So, Chase. I think Lakers, I mean, you're, you're fury and, and it doesn't come from a good place. Like I think Lakers fans have been very hard on this team and are very in a, in a, in a bad mood. I mean, <laughs> unless it really turns around tonight, I, I think this, this fan best sours pretty quickly. And, but I know you're not coming from it from a good place. You're coming from a rival team that uh, just wants to throw sand while you can, which, Hey, <laughs> listen, I, I, hey. I get it. I play the game too. I would be doing the same thing. Um, I want to be doing the same thing to the Spurs right now. I'm glad that dynasty's over. Um, the Suns, I, I hate right now. If they, it, I'm glad they lost. Um, so I, listen, I do the same thing. But um, I want to go back to your points, and because I think the the important yeah. thing is like LeBron James as like queen of the chessboard, because that it, honestly, the Lakers and LeBron have sort of just morphed into one entity at this point and um for for this standpoint um you have to kind of get into lebron's head and listen we do know the recipe for lebron james teams it's spacing 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 and they did address some of that like wayne ellington they got they went out and got him all the guy can do is really shoot and he'll be great when he's healthy trevor ariza as an open shooter, we'll be able to knock down at an over 36, 37% yeah. clip, which, hey, great. Yeah. LeBron will elevate that. Um, Kendrick Nunn, another guy, low-cost low yep. rental young player with some upside, can make shots. Malik Monk also falls under the, that category. So it's not like they bailed out on shooting like they did the first year with LeBron, because that was a horrible constructed sure. team. That was the... Hey, let's get Lance Stevenson. <laughs> let's get Rondo, who actually is maybe one of the better top half shooters on this team. I don't want to admit that, but Rondo's become one. Um, so that is not the case here. Russ is obviously Russ versus yeah. Buddy Heald is that big linchpin, and it's that big like yeah. let's sacrifice a great top five shooter in the league for someone yeah, it's, who it's, no, it's 
can't shoot. Yeah. But LeBron is chasing this basketball nirvana he found in, in Miami with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was not a good shooter. I mean, from the mid range, yes, he could. Just, yeah, but, but he was not a yeah. floor spacing shooter in the same way like a Ray Allen yeah. gives you. The same way uh, Kyrie in Cleveland would actually be, sure. or, or Kevin Love was giving him. It's not that mold, but I think that was LeBron's best time playing basketball from a obviously best standpoint, sure. but also he enjoyed having the load lit lightened by yeah. having. No, no, I, yeah, no, no, I, I get that. Um, Chase, I don't want to cut you off. I want to take this caller yeah, just no b- b- before we get uh, too far. I, I, this is my little cousin. So, so let's, uh, I'm to BJ, uh, I don't know if you've called in before, but uh, just tap the, the microphone icon. If you, if you want to talk, if you wanted to say something. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, buddy. How's it going? Okay. Uh, I'm doing well, but I don't, think this whole Lakers thing is going to work out just because of the way like the team is structured. I don't think <laughs> like Russell Westbrook on this Laker team is a good fit because Anthony Davis and him are both like super ball dominant players who like when they were on different teams spent like were in the top 10 or top 15 of like usage percentage and I don't I just don't think since Russ clearly cannot shoot like he's proven that I don't think it's necessarily going to work and I don't like I I would take a few teams over them like the Jazz and like wow the Jazz no no a I healthy no, warrior, sorry, keep a on, healthy no, keep Warriors on. team um I just don't think they I don't think they have enough to get to the finals maybe the Western Conference finals but uh not the finals yeah no, uh, so so thanks, you do really appreciate that insight. Um, I th- yeah, I think that's kind of Chase. I think you were getting at that um, a little bit. Um, I, I good point. I think VJ right up there was you know I think we say ball dominant, uh, but I, you know I like from the like analytic standpoint the usage usage percentage and high like Anthony. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anthony that. Davis and, and Russ are very high usage players and not complementary high usage players. You know, like Steph Curry is a very high usage player, but you can plug Steph with any player in the NBA and he's going to compliment him. Um, and uh, yeah, so so Chase, I, I think that kind of falls in line like, with what you were saying, you know, sacrificing the, the top five shooter. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. So I know I cut you off there. D- did you want to like finish up any any thoughts or comments on that? No worry. No worries. All good. I actually agree with a lot of what VJ was saying, what you echoed, just in the sense that it's it's a tough fit when they're both on the court. And it's going to be tough basically conceding this as a closing five, or conceding those two as a part of a closing five, because ultimately they're just cannibalizing themselves while being on both on the court. I don't think LeBron gets cannibalized as much. I think he's actually a very effective off-ball player, but taking the ball out of his hands is never a good thing. There's just never a time where you want him playing off the ball. He's the best on the ball player. I still believe in the NBA. So you have that. And then I think from a regular season standpoint, Russ is a floor raiser. So, I mean, he's a safeguard against injuries, which we've seen LeBron the last few years. Like he's going to take rest periods of time. He's going to maybe have some nagging periods of time where he's nursing something. And you you just can't afford what we had last year where the the train just has no engine. And we just have a bunch of role players who fit great around LeBron, 
but do not have any offensive creation ability. Russ is offensive creation ability. He's not the best offensive creator, I would say. He doesn't fall under like the the upper echelon, but he is the creator for a team that wins over 45 games, I would say. So you have this basically great number two that can kind of help fill these spot minutes. I think the real worry will come when playoff time rolls around and in big games, when you're sacrificing a great piece next to LeBron with a guy who really is there as a sort of Le- LeBron light, you know, <laughs> he, he's almost like um, having a, uh, like a, jv lebron come in so it's not but it's not helpful when lebron is ultimately in and and the lakers should be at their best yeah um okay so i think it's a good place to pause real quick and give like a a little bit of framing to this i i really like that we just kind of jumped into this and i I didn't want to uh stop us but just framing this the lakers obviously uh finished at the seventh seed last year after starting really strong lebron and ad went down with injuries and they lost to the suns in six games in the first round after going up 2-1 uh, I think we get, it's safe to say it's because the Lakers just weren't that healthy. Um, so from that squad last year that finished the seventh seed uh, via tiebreaker, um, you know, they lost Alex Caruso uh, to the Bulls. Um, and uh, we've already talked about Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, Montrez Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, they also on the margins lost Wesley Matthews, Markeith Morris, and there was the whole debacle with Dennis Schroeder turning down. I'm sure they don't mind not having Dennis Schroeder given they were going to pay him, you know, four years, $80 million. Um, and so from the, on the acquisition front, obviously Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, you've mentioned all these already chased, but Trevor Reza brought back Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and most recently Avery Bradley, who uh, they got claimed off waivers. Um, and so and to, to the to things we've been talking about as far as what it takes to construct a winning team around LeBron, um, I I don't – obviously, Russell Westbrook is a needle mover. I just don't know in what direction. And I think we've seen that. Um, you've seen teams take a step back, actually, you know, functionally. The Rockets most recently I, – I, I think – Last year with the Wizards, it's just a wash. Or not, it's not a wash. It's just the Wizards were never going to be competitive, and we knew that. When the Rockets traded for us, it was not working. They literally had to mortgage their future by trading away Clint Capella to suit Russ on, with Harden. And even then, that's an unsustainable style of basketball that, that will be uh, clamped in the playoffs because teams take something away from you. And if you take away spacing for Russell Westbrook, it's, it's kind of over there. Um, so with that, you know, you know, BJ talked about this. I, I'm very concerned about Russell Westbrook with LeBron James. And I know LeBron will be like wash King, like I said, and, and talk about how he's going to prove people wrong. And I get it. LeBron's a winner. LeBron's the best player of my generation. Um, but that said, I, I, LeBron has lost in the finals six times and almost always. So it's because of one of two things, his team's not talented enough. Or they have talent, but they're, it's not doesn't fit right. And I'm I'm really concerned about given what they gave up. Like Trez wasn't really utilized that well last year anyway. But KCP is a valuable piece, and and part of that is taking uh, Russell Westbrook, getting him. They were priced out of Alex Caruso, and I think that's something people don't talk about that much. That is is very 
going to be very apparent later in the season uh, and we could postseason how valuable Caruso was. And it's, it's really early. We are not even a full week into the season, but the bulls are three, zero. the bulls have looked really good. Um, the Lakers are owing two uh, opening losses to the warriors and, and the Suns. Um, and, and so that's, you know, I, I think we've uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. here talking about the concerns there. I want to talk about, you know, some of the other uh, aspects that, that will determine the the season for the Lakers and and uh, one of it is you know we just talked about the AD Braun health a little bit we've talked about Russ um, you have to look at the competition and and VJ got the ball rolling there talk about the Jazz I actually wasn't thinking about the Jazz maybe it's just because I dismiss the Jazz every year and I'm never proved wrong but you know what I wrote down is the two biggest competitors uh, it's largely predicated on health but it would be the Warriors with a healthy Clay Thompson and the Clippers with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. I think those are two teams that can match them talent-wise. And teams that even the Lakers on the margin are more talented, these teams are uh, more cohesive units. And they have rosters constructed best around their stars. I think the Warriors, as we said with with Steph, I mean, any roster is built around Steph Curry. You can plug Steph in any team and it's going to be great. Um, And then the Clippers, Paul George, I think, exercised his playoff demons last year. We saw when, when Kawhi went down, if he can maintain that, that's a scary team. That team, in my opinion, I watched those playoffs very closely and, and uh, scornfully with the Clippers after they broke my heart for the second consecutive year. Um, that was a really talented Clippers team. And I think they, I, I truly believe they beat the Bucs. Uh, I believe they beat the Bucs in the finals. Um and 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 with that uh, in the East, the other competition for the Lakers, I would say the Bucks are number one, just reigning champs, cohesiveness, arguably best player in the NBA, and then Brooklyn with a healthy Kyrie. But outside of outside of those four teams, you know, I I wouldn't take anybody over the Lakers. Um, and just to recap that: Warriors, Clippers, Bucks, and Nets. And I just I said a lot there. I, I wanted to get that out, but but. Uh, any pushback? Any anything you think I'm missing there, Chase or VJ? Um, no, I, I don't have really much pushback. Um, as much as I would like to sit here and, and predict the Lakers are going to win the NBA Finals, um, I'm way less bullish than I was last year. Um, obviously, um, there's a bit of a cult of like the, the first two games and 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 getting worried about what I saw, but. It just, I, I don't think this team south of Anthony Davis just making a real MVP push and looking like the the bubble version of himself. Um, I don't think this team has the goods. So I really want to be proven wrong, but uh, I just think roster construction is ultimately going to be this team's downfall. And um, and and betting big on Russ is, it has cost a lot of these teams. So it's it's, it's it hasn't been a winning. Uh, yeah, I I agree with Chase. Uh, like, I think next year or the year after, we're going to see Russ in a new uniform again with a slightly smaller contract and another disappointing season. But um, I also didn't think about the Clippers. For some reason, that just didn't pop up with my mind. Like, Terrace Mann, no. Man, I really like him. I think he's going to develop a lot this, this season. And, yeah, so there's three teams in the West for me that are definitively better than and and so then that would be Jazz, Warriors, and Clippers when when they're all healthy. Yes. CJ, just to, okay. Yeah, um, I think it's you. The reason VJ, I don't I don't disagree 
that Russ isn't going to be a success. I just don't think the Lakers are going to move Russ just because he's uh, Braun wants him there. And it's, you know, he loves being in LA and frankly, you know, they, they mortgage the future. They, they bet the house on Russ. Like Russ has to work. It's not going to work. I promise you it's not going to work. Russell Westbrook does not work in the modern NBA. Uh, 19 in the 1990s. I think he would have been a great centerpiece uh, early 2000s. He's very Allen Iverson type of player where he just is all consuming uh, and he's a guard. Um, but, but yeah, I think I should rename this uh, pod, this episode to the anti Russell Westbrook team. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I, I respect Russell Westbrook, the player and how hard he works and, and his effort. But what I, what I don't respect is how ignorant I think he is sometimes to how his style just doesn't translate to winning. And I think he, he's definitely put in efforts in the past. You know, he, Try to take a backseat in Houston. When Paul George was in his groove in Oklahoma City, Russ definitely, you know, ceded stuff to him. But at the end of the day, Russ is this player who's going to be shooting threes. Like, he'll shoot nine threes in a game and make one of them. Uh, and he'll do that for three or four straight games. And I, I, I truly don't believe he's tried to achieve a middle ground where he has that intensity, but you just maybe think a little more like, like be that intense and don't seed all of how talented you are, but don't take the open three Russ. Like they're giving that to you because they want you to take it because they know you're going to miss it. So I, I let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. I, I think I'm going to just be in a bad mood talking about Russell Westbrook because I feel like I say this every year and there's always somebody who uh, I have to convince that Russ isn't it? And I think we're all in agreement here. He's not, um, you know, some, uh, you were talking about minutes rotation chase. So, so why don't we, uh, I'd love to hear like your thoughts specifically on that. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the playoffs. Uh, and then I want to talk about the AD Dwight altercation and then we'll try and wrap this up. But, but Chase, let's start with the minutes rotation aspect. Oh, or what do you have uh, in mind there? Well, this DeAndre Jordan starting stuff has just got to end. Um, there was all this reporting, and, and I get there's there's reporting that is just kind of fluff about AD really taking the mantle on playing the five, which when you have the spacing issues that this roster construction constrains on you, it requires um, all the spacing juice you can muster and the biggest trump card that this Lakers team since they've gotten AD has had has been AD at the five. It's just, it's a way to really stretch out defenses because AD has the versatility to guard on the perimeter. You can switch everything on defense and he can also hit shots. I don't think he's a Carl Anthony Towns level shooter, but he does offer stretchability that you just can't get with Dwight or, or DJ in there. And so the inability to, to get to that early and to not just, be like this is how we have to look is troubling and i understand it in that ad has has avoided doing this because of the toll it takes on his body and a lot of these issues can be answered like whether it's lebron playing like more passively or like ad refusing to play the five like a lot of those things get just kind of fixed later in the year as as time goes on or in the playoffs but i just need to see it because i've been promised this and i do think it would solve Whoops, I was I was muted there. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have too much to add there. I think AD's kind of stubborn. Um, he, yeah, he, 
he's such a good player. I've never seen someone so reluctant, despite how talented they are, to do what's in the best interest of the team with that level of talent. Um, VJ, were you going to add something there? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of egos on that team. Like, you know, LeBron, the best player to ever live, the king, and then you've got Dwight. And Anthony Davis, who, like you said, is very stubborn, like, and along with the altercation that happened on the sidelines, like, you're not winning on the court, you can't be fighting and unfocused, and I think that's going to be a problem moving on throughout the season, unless by some miracle, um, they all band together, which I don't really see happening, if they don't have a ton of success, because when it's losing, when you're losing, it's a lot harder to, like, come together, there's a lot of blaming and with those egos i think that's like an added addition why this won't work yeah so so all great points there i i want to protect all of us here from from being clowned like nine months from now so six months from now this is still a lebron james team and i think these are all valid concerns but we see this every year where I think this has really started LeBron's first year when he went to Miami and they started like nine and eight. People are like, Oh my gosh, it was a, it was a failure. It was a awful idea to team them up and they're not going to be that great. And then they just went on a freaking tear. They figured their stuff out. That's where, while LeBron's not a great GM, he is the, one of the best at figuring out what it takes to make something work. And, and um, both like you see that in the playoff series, figuring out the opponent, but also, how he should use his own pieces on the court. And that's going to come uh, with time. And despite all this, the Lakers are going to be a top four seed. You know, I, I, I truly believe they will be a top four seed. They're going to get a groove, but I think it's going to be more work than it probably would have if you had Buddy Heald in there. If you still had Contavious Caldwell-Pope, if you could have kept Alex Caruso, Chase, to your point about LeBron, you know, load managing, he, he would have been able to do that with a very well-constructed roster. Um, you know, I obviously Dennis Schroeder wasn't what they wanted him to be, but I feel there was a solution to, you know, a ball-dominant player coming in that way. That, that wouldn't have, I think, torpedoed the chemistry and the uh, playing style. I think, like, even Kendrick Nunn, you know, he, he definitely faded – uh, from his like rookie year in Miami, but Kendrick Nunn's a very talented player. You know, Kendrick Nunn in the right circumstances can take the ball in his hands for five or six minutes and, you know, make something happen. And no, it's not LeBron James, but you can't have LeBron James playing 48 minutes uh, for eight, 82 games. And so, so that's where I'll go with that. Um, sorry for the alarm in the in the background or it's an ambulance i'm i'm sitting by my window but uh but yeah so 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 that's where that's why i'm with that um do y'all have any um i just wanted to say like i don't know that the four seed is necessarily enough because if they play a nuggets team with like michael porter jr thriving and they aren't exactly on the right page i think they could just be out in the first round that i i if LeBron will have to pull out a miracle for them to to make the finals, in my opinion. But like, I there's a lot of teams that I feel like could, that could easily beat them. Like, if Russell Westbrook has a bad, selfish night, like I think those are gonna become too many, and it's gonna become a pattern. And they don't really have a choice but to play Russ, like you said. They mortgage their future for Russ. 
So we'll see. But, like, I don't think the four seed is good enough. I think they need to be two playing six or even three, maybe three. Yeah, so so if we think about this, so if they're the four seed, I mean, I, I do think the Warriors, I mean, we'll see, it's only, we're only a few games in. The Warriors look pretty good. Uh, we'll see if Steph's health holds up. Warriors should be, should be one of the better seeds, um, although we don't want to get carried away. Like, they've looked good to start. I, I think Phoenix is going to be a top three or four seed again just because I think they're a well-oiled machine. They're, you know, they know their stuff. They may, they may, you know, not get it done in, in the playoffs, but, you know, Monty Williams has that ship running. Um, you know, and the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi for most of the season. So if we think about the teams that will compete for the Lakers standing-wise, I mean, the only the two clear-cut ones that I can pretty confidently say that carries over from last year would be Utah and Phoenix. Um, even with Denver, Jamal uh, Jamal Murray still out. Um, like I said, no Kawhi Leonard, no Klay Thompson with the Warriors. I think the Lakers are positioned to be a top-four seed. Uh, it would just be who would they end up playing. You know, if, if you're four, you open yourself up to – you could match up with a Clippers team that ended up the five seed because Kawhi didn't come to the end of the season. And, and you're right, VJ, you don't want that. And so if you get to the one, two, three, you're probably looking at a matchup with, like, the Mavs or the Blazers or, you know, maybe Memphis or, or even uh, even a dark horse playoff team, Minnesota. Minnesota really picked things up end of last year. And people are like, oh, Minnesota, they don't do anything. And, and you'll probably be right, but this is not the Sacramento Kings. This is a much more talented team. Uh, I'm glad they got Ryan Saunders out, out of there. Flip Saunders, rest in peace. But, you know, it was awful just replacing the great coach Flip with his son. And I think it was a feel-good story. The franchise wasn't doing great when, when they promoted Ryan, but Ryan Cleary was in over his head. Um, and uh, Finch uh, really knows, really knows his stuff. Uh, and, and Anthony Edwards is, is, is getting a lot better. Uh, I, I really think it should have been a closer rookie of the year uh, race than it ended up being. I think Lamelo was just super flashy. Uh, but yeah, so, so, I mean, to your point, I guess we're going to kind of pivot now towards like regular season versus playoffs. And, and that's what it'll come down to. I think seeding, will play um, a large role in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you all a second if anybody wants to call in, if you have any more thoughts. Otherwise, we'll we'll pivot, uh, you know, to, to that to that altercation before we wrap things up. No, I, I echo, yeah, I, I echo what you guys have said, honestly. Um, and I think we touched on, yeah, all the playoffs versus regular season stuff. But, um how do you want to proceed with this altercation? I mean, yeah. So I don't. I was just talking. You know, my friend Cameron. I was telling you about. I was. I was like, look, Cam. What? What happened? And he's like, apparently, you know, AD started it. You know, Dwight and AD were talking. Um, I think Dwight was bitter about not being on the NBA 75, 75 best players of all time list. For those of you who don't know, this is the seventy fifth season of of the NBA. So they this past week released a list of the seventy five greatest players. Um. And there's like four Lakers on that list, four active Lakers. You have LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Carmelo Anthony, um, and I, I have to think one more. But but anyway, Dwight Howard is not on that list, and he was really upset about that. And uh, Dwight and Anthony Davis were jawing a little bit, and then when Dwight, Dwight went to the bench, Anthony Davis pushed Dwight, and then Dwight pushed him back, and it was like a straight up altercation on the bench. And eventually they, you know, 
they settled it after. But that's not a good look this early in the season. The last time there was something that between teammates or similar, uh, definitely lower stake. This is lower stakes, but I think back to Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant as shades of that. But I mean, that's never a good sign for a team, you know, first week of the season to have something like that, especially between, you know, two of your big guys, guys who won a championship together. It's not like this was Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis or Andre Drummond and Dwight Howard. This was Dwight and Anthony Davis. So, you know, I, yeah, go ahead, Chase. Situation where you do really appreciate having LeBron James on your team because despite his pitfalls as a, as a le GM, he is the best lay personality manager i don't know what to say but he is the best at getting the team cohesive um mentality going and he just knows how to hit guys and and motivate guys and let them put their egos at the door like he does succeed with this and this was what i was very worried about when we picked up dwight two years ago i i had nightmares of of this exact thing happening um but luckily lebron was able to get to him and and dwight was actually at a point in his career where it was his last chance it was his like olive branch um to be a part of a successful basketball situation and he embraced it and played the perfect role i i just think we need to get back to that dwight and i and i think it probably eats at him that deandre jordan who is not as talented as him and does basically the same skill set is starting over him so maybe they can figure that part out with 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 switching those minutes around but I don't know. It's it's never great to see Magic Johnson tweeted out it was the 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 worst um thing he's ever seen and he you know Magic is not that animated of a tweeter. Uh, I'm sure most people know that, but uh Magic has a lot yeah. to say about it. I I don't know. Yeah. Weird to see Anthony Davis act like that, but um maybe the maybe the team grows from it. I mean, yeah. can't get worse. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean not not too much else there. To, to really unpack, uh, I don't think we'll know exactly uh, what you know what went behind closed do- what went on behind closed doors there. Chase, you did bring up a good point uh, to credit LeBron for him as, as a locker room manager. Um, yeah, and, and so with that, I mean, I'll, I'll pause for a second before we wrap things up. See if anybody wants to call in, add anything. Um, I know we have a few listeners, uh, but. I'll I'll just stall talk here for a couple seconds. Uh, yeah, so it look it looks like we're in good shape. Uh, but Chase Chase, thank you for uh, really taking a lead on this uh, in a lot of ways. Appreciate that. And and VJ, uh, thanks for hopping on, buddy. Um, we're gonna get you set up with with your show pretty soon. Uh, Chase, just so you know, VJ has eleven thousand followers for his Instagram account because he's he buys and sells uh sports cards. So, I love so, it. We're gonna have to yeah. talk because I've got um I've got a few uh, PSA graded stuff that I, I may need your eyes on. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, thanks for tuning into Sports with the Z. Uh, I'm the Z, Zach Naidu, your host. As always, have a great Sunday evening, and everybody have a a great week. And I'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate having me on. This is fun. Thanks.